Hey y'all, it's Brittany and I'm here with Mackenzie and you're listening to Rising Radiant Podcast. You've joined us for our first ever series titled Inspiring Intimacy. In this episode, you will be listening to Bob Sorge. He is known as the speaker who can't talk. He's the author of several books, an international speaker, and a man who inspires us to walk in intimacy with the Father in a way we never have before. You're in for a real treat. I'm excited you joined us. Bob, thank you so much for being on here today. What an honor and privilege. We would love for you to just start off with sharing a little bit of your story and testimony and telling our listeners a little bit more about you. Well, I think one of the first things our listeners are going to tune into, Ken's, is that uh, my voice does not sound normal. I'm actually holding a microphone right on my lips to be able to capture my voice. And here's my story. I was a pastor and a worship leader and in 1992 developed a problem in my throat. We don't know why, but uh, it was uh, what they called a contact ulcer. And it was next to my vocal cords. It felt like a marble in my throat. And uh, we didn't really know what to do. And so, you know, prayed and uh, the doctor said, well, we can do laser surgery on this. We'll remove the ulcer and we'll have you back in the saddle in three weeks. And uh, so we prayed about it. We seemed to feel like, okay, well, this seems to be the thing to do. And and so um, we uh, opted for the surgery. The surgery seemed to go wrong. Now, it did remove the marble, the ulcer, but something seemed to go wrong in the procedure. We don't even know what. But since that time, I have uh, constant pain when I speak. And, um, and my voice is very weak. And so uh, whenever I'm uh, at an event, I'm always holding the microphone right on my lips and they crank the sound system to feedback levels, you know, so that I can be heard. And uh, amazingly in that manner, I actually travel and speak literally around the world with a voice that is painful. And in the process of, and by the way, I just want to throw this in. He is my healer. He's promised to heal me. He's promised in his word. He's promised through, through prophetic voices. He's promised to my heart. And I'm holding him to his promise. He's good to his word. And you're not hearing my last chapter today. So I'm in this thing to take it all the way to the distance. But in the meantime, uh, what do you do? Like I had to stop pastoring, can't sing, can't lead, you know, everything that was my identity, I, I could no longer do. And so what do you do? Well, um, Jesus said of, uh, of the woman that anointed him, he said, she has done what she could. And so I just do what I can. I'm one thing I can do is I can write. And so the Lord has has just opened a way for me. I've written, uh, I think, 25 books. I've got a couple new ones in the works this year. 
COVID is giving me a little more time to do some writing and stuff. So I'm working right now on a book on the cross. I'm working on a book on worship, where we've come and worship, where we are, where we're going. I think we're going to call it Next Wave. But uh, uh, and then I got some other uh, things I want to work on. So uh, uh, the Lord has used actually my voice goes more through my writing today than it does through things like a podcast or a sermon or a microphone. And it's just, uh, it, it's a very unique journey. Never would have chosen it for myself. But sometimes the Lord in his kindness will interrupt our lives because he's like, if I leave you to go the way you would go on your own, you would go this direction. But I want, I'm going to interrupt your life so that I can take you on a journey. I'm actually a better author than you. You think you can write something good? I can do a lot better than you. And so I've surrendered the pen of my life to the author himself. He calls us living epistles in 2 Corinthians 3.3. He's writing a story with every one of our lives. Brittany, he's writing a fantastic story with your life. Mackenzie, he's writing a fantastic story with your life. With every listener, he's writing, crafting a compelling story with our lives. And so I am in this thing to the very end. Jesus, write it your way. Wow. Bob, I love that so much. And I love that you're so right how God will come into the places of our life and he'll write a story so different than what we ever would have chosen. But to, to look at your life even and to see the way that God has used you to write all of these books, like you have authored so many books. And I have read um, your book, Secret of the Secret Place, which we're really going to highlight today in talking about intimacy with the Lord. And our goal throughout this series of our podcast is really to inspire people to pursue intimacy with the Father in a way they never have before. There's a scripture in Psalm 110 that it talks about the womb of the morning. And I think that that, I think that's talking about the secret place because the secret place is this womb in the morning where we're renewed, refreshed, strengthened. It's our source of life. It's our sanity. His word is our survival. His presence is our he's our food. He's our drink. He's he's we live because of every word from his mouth. And so, and actually Psalm 110 is talking about Jesus. From the womb of the morning, he found his life source as, as in his ministry on earth. And we're going to find the same source of life, like you said, Brittany, connecting with Jesus in intimacy and communion in the sacred place is our life source. Amen. Amen. Will you tell us a little bit about Secrets of the Secret Place and how the Lord brought that idea to your heart? Well, actually, I got the title. I think it was kind of a, uh, I 
think sometimes we have angels in our lives that we don't even understand they're working because I was on, I was, I had my family in my car and we're driving down the road, happened to be in Ohio. I think we were some kind of vacation mode or whatever. We're driving down the highway, I-71, and it just came to me while I'm behind the wheel secrets of this here place and when i got that title the chapter started to just tumble for me and i started to actually write on a notepad while i'm driving the car the secret of this the secret of this the secret of that and and the chapter titles began to tumble for me and I, and when my wife woke up from her nap i said honey i think i just got the title of my next book and that's where that's where i got the book the idea in the title it was like kind of a gift from heaven and actually uh Brittany, i have put into that book some of the most precious things that god has spoken to me because when you're in a trial like i am i i, I consider this a fiery trial and when you're in a fiery trial and the only thing i needed to do in my fiery trial was to go after god i had no other place to go so i'm pressing into his word i'm pressing into him and fasting and prayer and i'm just going hard after jesus and he began to feed me with the words of his mouth in my darkest places and i discovered something when he feeds you with something that's life-giving when you share it with your friends sometimes they get fed from it as well so that's kind of what the book is all about it's just sharing some of the things that god has sustained me with in the hope that maybe it'll sustain another pilgrim as well that is incredible, Bob. And you have a section in your book called The Secret of Listening. And it's such a powerful section. And you kind of talk a little bit about the power of listening to the Lord in the secret place. And could you unpack that a little bit more for our readers and just versus listening and talking to the Lord and the balance of that and hearing his voice? Oh, my goodness, Mackenzie, you are pulling my chain. Um, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna start talking and, and Mackenzie, Brittany, interrupt me because I'm just, you're pulling my chain right now. I was, uh, I was in a season of really coming after the Lord in a focused way. And, uh, what I was doing in this season of consecration was, and immersing myself in the words of Jesus. So I was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I was in Revelation 1, 2, 3. If it was in red ink, I was reading it. If you know what I mean, I'm reading the red. And so I just want to know Jesus better. So as I'm immersing myself in the words of Jesus, I began to notice a certain word. He used it there. There, 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 and there, and again. And I'm like, man, Jesus used that word a lot. And here came a divine download. It's the most important word in the whole Bible. When I saw this, I'm telling you, 
see my eyes lit up. I got a fire inside of me. I was just shown by the Holy Spirit the most important word in the whole Bible. And so I'm going to share it with you and all my podcast listeners. Get ready for it. The most important word in the whole Bible. And I don't even really care if you agree. Because when you get a life-giving word from Jesus that keeps you alive in your wilderness, you're not that moved by other people's opinions. Do they like it? Do they not like it? Do they agree? Do they disagree? Doesn't really move you that much because you got this from the lips of the master. So I'm going to give you my rhema, what God spoke to me, the most important word in the Bible. I saw it because it was on the lips of Jesus so much. The word hear, H-E-A-R, hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. How many times did he say it? In his blockbuster parable of the sower, first person heard the word this way, second person heard the word this way, third person heard the word this way, the fourth person heard the word with a good heart and produced a harvest. Everything in that parable comes down to hearing. How do you hear the word of God? A voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear him. It's the most important thing in the Christian life. Everything opens when we hear from God. When you hear from God, now you can believe. When you hear from God, now you can obey. When you hear from God, now you know what school to go to. When you hear from God, now you know who to date or who to marry. When you hear from God, everything opens for us when we hear from God. So, when I go to the secret place, I'm going to answer your question. When I go to the secret place, I don't go primarily to talk. Because things don't change when I talk to God. Things change when God talks to me. You know, when I talk, really nothing happens. But when God talks, universes come into existence. And so I'm eager. Yes, I well, I like to talk to God. Don't get me wrong. I'm a blabbermouth just like you. I talk to God, yes. But really, my agenda when I come to the secret place is not to tell him what's on my heart. My agenda is I want to hear what's on your heart. I've got a lot of stuff to say to God, but I, you know what? He's got a whole lot more important stuff to say than I do. So my primary focus in the secret place, I come to listen. And in my case, it actually works for me in a great way because, uh, to be honest with you, Brittany, every word for me is painful. And so I tend 
Jesus, if you will. And talking to God is zero pain because I don't have to use my voice in talking to him. And the honest truth, if I'm going to be honest about it, before this happened to my voice, I was one of the most vocal prayer guys you ever heard. My secret place was loud. I was always talking. I was always singing. I was always interceding. I, I was just always, uh, I, I just didn't really very much appreciate the contemplative side of prayer. When the injury happened, everything changed for me because I'm now looking to not have pain. My prayer life suddenly went from being very vocal to being totally silent. And that's just the nature of the, the injury and what I, what I live with there. But it is open to me a dimension in prayer that is actually very sweet. And now I would re I'd really like to be able to convince all our podcast listeners to focus more on listening than on talking. That's such a good encouragement because I think that, you know, we're, we're so taught to come to the Lord and tell him all your needs and all your problems and all your desires. And, you know, we come to the Lord and we do do so much talking. And it's like, I, I look at my own prayer life and I think this is so convicting for me personally, because I can spend so much time telling the Lord of all of the things that I'm lacking in and where I need his direction. And we forget the portion of listening. We forget the portion of, of silence. And I, as you were speaking, I, I kept thinking of like, you know, what listeners may be thinking of, because I hear so many people say like, man, sometimes I just don't hear God though. And I'm praying and I'm seeking answers, but I'm just not hearing him. What would be your advice for people that are having a hard time hearing the Lord in their secret place? What would you advise them to do? Well, I, I've got, uh, I'll, I'll say a few things about that. Uh, I think that every one of us have our own God language. And what I mean by that is that the Lord will have his own way of speaking with us personally and individually because our relationship with him is unique. The relationship I have with Jesus is different from yours. It's different from anyone else's. And, uh, and I think, I think God wants to speak to us in our own cadence, in our own unique way. And we want to learn and find out what is our God language? Uh, God spoke to Joseph in dreams. That was his God language. You recall that he had a couple dreams when he was 17 years old, and they seemed to hint of greatness. But when he's in prison, he's like, you know, those dreams don't connect with my prison at all. There's this big disconnect. The dreams to point to greatness, but this prison is telling me that I'm going to die here. And in his prison, I think Joseph decided to study. 
studied his God language in his prison. Because what else are you going to do in prison? You know what I'm saying? And so he went hard into the Holy Spirit. God, how do you talk to me? What do these drinks mean? Help me to understand. And because he went after his God language, when the butler and the baker came into the prison, he was able to interpret their dreams. And then when Pharaoh had a dream, he was able to interpret Pharaoh's dream. He got out of prison because he studied his God language. So I'm just saying, identify your God language. How does God talk to me? Study it and master it. So it's a big, it's a very important question that you're raising here, Brittany. What is my God language? I think every podcast listener needs to ask this question and go after it. Joseph went after it. I'm going to share with you what I feel is my God language. God talks to me through scripture meditation. That's just how I get my stuff. I don't really get stuff from God, you know, just kind of out of the blue so much. God talks to me when I'm in a verse and I'm talking to him about the verse. So it for me, scripture is an invitation to a conversation. I don't mostly read the Bible. I mostly pray the Bible. So when I'm in the scriptures, I'm looking for conversation starters. And when I find a verse that grabs me, I start talking to Jesus about that scripture. And it's there as I'm digging into the verse and I'm excavating the verse and I'm pushing on it and squeezing on it. And, you know, the word of God can take all the pressure you put on it. It's been refined seven times. There's nothing you can do to break it. So go ahead and put pressure on it and excavate it and dig it and hit against it and challenge it and and pull it apart and dissect it and 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 meditate and live and eat it and and talk it's in conversation with jesus in a scripture that he starts to talk to me and so that's for me my god language it's meditating in scriptures so actually my secret place is primarily talking conversationally in scripture with Jesus. That's just about 95% of my secret place. I love that. And it's so good because it's like God does talk to each one of us so differently. You know, you hear so many people that are like, the Lord speaks so much to me through scripture or through numbers or through just feelings or through peace or through a word from somebody else. And so I think that is so important that we don't put God in a box and that we understand that God will speak to us differently throughout the seasons of our lives. And I loved what you said too, about just like persistency and pushing in when we don't feel God, 
because I think sometimes it's so easy to back up. And when it's like, I feel distant from the Lord, I'm not hearing him. And we push back from it instead of leaning in and pushing harder and digging deeper. So I really love that you touched on that. I'd like to um, read a scripture that has an important principle in it. The verse I'm about to read is Galatians 6, verse 8. It says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And here's the principle I want to pull out from that verse. If we'll sow to the Spirit, we'll eventually reap to the Spirit. If we'll sow to the secret place, we'll eventually reap to the secret place. And what I want to call our friends to today is to just keep sowing every day to the secret place because if you'll keep sowing i promise you it is impossible to keep sowing to the word every day sowing to the spirit every day sowing sowing to the logos of god every day it is impossible to keep on sowing to the spirit without eventually reaping to the spirit and once you i'm going to say it this way Brittany, if you'll sow to the logos you'll eventually reap rhema rhema is when he speaks to you that living word where the logos becomes alive to you and he speaks directly to your heart through the holy spirit and once you have tasted rhema you become a secret place junkie <laughs> that's it I'm hooked for life now because we live by the ramus of his mouth. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 4. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the ramus of God are our life source, our survival we live by the words of his mouth. And I wish to heaven that I could ignite a passion in every believer on earth to keep sowing every day to the sacred place. I think we just give up too fast. I think we get discouraged. It's like, oh, this isn't working. And we move on. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Keep sowing. Be insistent. Be resolved. Be determined. I'm going to live at his feet. I'm going to hear the words of his mouth. And I'm going to keep on sowing. Because I know if I keep on sowing, I'll eventually reap. That is so powerful, Bob. And I love what you said about sowing in the spirit. And you have this quote in Secrets of the Secret Place. And you say, 
you talk about how building your life on intimacy is the firmest foundation. It's building on rock. And can you talk a little bit about the importance of building your life on intimacy and making that the bedrock of every decision that you make? Jesus said that when we obey his words, we're like a man that builds his house on a rock. When we obey the words of Jesus, obedience requires excavation. It requires that we dig down deep in our hearts because there's so many layers in our hearts that want to resist obedience. And, and so when you decide to be a disciple of Jesus and obey his word, you are actually aggressively digging down into the soil of your heart and excavating is called repentance. We are just getting rid of the stuff that resists obedience to the words of Christ. Dig down deep. Let just get rid of the junk that hinders obedience and decide in your heart, I am going to be a disciple of Jesus and obey every word that he has spoken. So in the secret place, we come after the words of Jesus with a passion. We're just like, I want to understand what he said, and then I'm going to devote my whole soul to obeying every word that he spoke. This is our life. It's our consummate wisdom, because that same passage that you quoted begins the passage of Matthew 7, Jesus said that storms come, and he said storms come to everyone. They come to the foolish and to the wise. So buckle up. You are headed for a storm. Storms are unavoidable. The only question is, will you survive the storm? And the secret place is where we're establishing foundations in God so that when the storms of life come, we're not casualties, we're not swept away, but we are able to stand and be strengthened in the grace of God in the midst of the storm. Wow. I was reading something in, in your book while you were talking and I thought, man, I want to read this whole chapter to everybody. It's so good. But in your chapter, The Secret of Decision Making, I just want to read a little thing that you wrote in here that impacted me so much. But you said the wisest thing that you will ever do in this life is to draw close to God and seek him with your whole heart. When you pursue this intimacy, you will begin to unlock the greatest secrets of life. It is here that he will guide you with his eyes and direct you with his heart. Gaze upon his mouth until he speaks to you and look into his eyes until his glance directs the way that you should walk. His primary desire is that you draw near to him and come to know him. God wants to be known and he desires 
that from that knowing relationship, there comes a tender walking together in his purposes. Pursuing a knowing relationship with God in the secret place is not only the smartest thing that you'll ever do, but it is one of the greatest keys to discovering your highest destiny in God. So stop right here. And I love that so much because when we come into that secret place with the Lord, we our desires do sink with the desires of the father and our hearts do sink and our, our thinking comes in sync with the Lord. And our, our purpose is, is now like directed into the purposes of God. And, um, do you, could you just like unpack that a little bit more and like where that came from? You're quoting, I think it's Psalm 32 that you're quoting from in, in that scripture. And Psalm 32 in that passage has a very colorful uh, metaphor, a picture that it paints. It says in that passage, don't be like a horse or like a mule that will not get close to the master. A horse has a that kind of personality. They just charge on ahead. They take off. A mule has a personality of holding back and slow and like you know, putting on the brakes. And the Lord is like, He's like, I don't want you charging ahead of me, and I don't want you lagging behind me. I want you drawing close to me and getting into my cadence with me and walking in step with me. Where is God going? What's he about? I don't want to be one of these faith people that are just so in front of God that he like 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 the horse that's just charging because I've got so much faith that I just know what needs to happen right now. And I don't want to be one of these unbelievers that's pulling back and you know just and and you know he's dragging me every step of the way. He will marks every no I don't want to be a mule. I don't want to be a horse. I want to be harnessed in self-control to the heart of Jesus Christ so that I can partner with him step by step every part of the journey, walking a cadence with Jesus Christ. I was reminded again of Enoch. I, I don't know why he came up in my reading or something yesterday, but Enoch walked with God for 365 years, and then God took him. And I'm like, why didn't God take him after 364 years or 366 years? God took him on year 365 Come on, can you see the poetry in this? God is talking to us. He says, I want a walking relationship with you 365 days a year. Enoch was taken because of the intimacy he had with Jesus. And then the book of Hebrews goes on to say, well, he was a man of faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. So 
intimacy and faith came together in the life of Enoch. And can I say this in a way that every podcast listener can hear this right now? God wants to join faith and intimacy together. He wants us bold in faith, and he wants us leaning in intimacy. So let's not put one against the other. Let's not turn them into two camps, because that sometimes happens in the body of Christ. We got the faith camp, and we've got the intimacy camp. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The Lord puts it all into one beautiful package. Be bold in faith and drawn near in intimacy. It's faith and love working together. Amen. So good, Bob. And I think that's something you do so well in Secrets of the Secret Place. You talk so much about the power of faith and identity and intimacy and how they all work in tandem. And I wanted you to just talk a little bit about the power of knowing who you are and how that's so important with the secret place and how we spent, when we spend time with the Lord, that's really how we come to know who we are and carry our identity with power and authority and confidence and how that all is birthed in the secret place. Wow, 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 Mackenzie, you just ask these huge questions. I'm I'm actually I'm actually in a process right now of gathering material and I'm gonna write a book. I think it's gonna be called Identity. Um and so that'll that's I think next year. But anyways, uh, the the topic is huge for me. When I'm going to key on the word you used, confidence. How to have confidence when you come into the secret place with God. And I'm going to share with you what is for me the secret for confidence in his presence. And the scripture is in Hebrews 10, 19 to 22, where it talks about drawing into the holiest, drawing near because of the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. My confidence before God is because of what Jesus did on the cross. I don't draw close to God because I've been living a good Christian life. There is only one basis for intimacy with Jesus, and that is having the blood of Christ on my life because I come to God not on my personal performance record. I come to God based on Jesus' performance on the cross. My faith is not in my ability to obey. My faith is not in my ability to live the Christian life. My confidence is Jesus Christ did it all for me on the cross. And now all I do is plead the blood. I just want the blood of Jesus. I want to get under the blood of Jesus every day. I want the blood of Jesus to be on my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit, 
by my flesh, my very body. I want him. I want the blood of Jesus on my sexuality, on my personality, on my emotions, on every part of who I am. I want to get so under the blood that when the devil looks at me, all he can see is the blood of Jesus. I want to get so under the blood that when the Father looks at me, all he can see is the blood of Jesus because this is my confidence. This is why I feel so bold in the presence of God. I am righteous by faith because of the sprinkled blood of Jesus washing my conscience and giving me boldness to come again into the holiest. There are two voices that are always hindering us in the secret place. One in one ear, the other voice in the other ear. In one ear, we're hearing the voice of the accuser. He is always accusing us in the presence of God. That's what he, Revelation 12 says. He accuses us before God. He doesn't accuse us if we're headed for compromise. He accuses us when we try to get close to God. And he's like, who do you think you are? And all the, all the voices of the accuser. And as though that's not enough, in the other ear, we have the voice of our conscience. And our conscience is hitting us with its testimony. We remember what we said yesterday, and we remember all these things. And so here we are, coming into the secret place, trying to get close to God, and we're in a war zone. We've got a one in one ear, the accuser, in the other ear, our conscience. And we feel like, gee, every time I try to get close to God in this secret place, I step into a war zone. Brittany and Mackenzie, I have learned the secret how to shut the yapper of the accuser. It's the same secret that satisfies a defiled conscience. I know the secret. Are you ready for it? We're ready. The blood of Jesus. When I'm under the blood of Jesus, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome the accuser by the blood of the Lamb. When I'm under the blood, I do not understand how this works. I'm just telling you, when I am under the blood of Jesus by faith, the accuser has Nothing more to say. His yapper is silenced. And when I'm under the blood of Jesus, my conscience is satisfied. A defiled conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 22. So for me, the blood of Jesus is the key to finding confidence before him. So I get sprinkled with the blood of Jesus every day. I do this every day because I'm like this. I think you want to get cleansed. 
Betsy, if you take a shower every day, I have no problem with that, okay? In fact, Brittany's probably over there going, thank you, Mackenzie, for Amen. taking a shower <laughs> every day. Because here's how I feel about it. You do not need to limit yourself to taking a shower just once in your lifetime. You don't have to go, you know what? I did that once and I'm good. No, good. we get defiled and we need to do it over and over and the same thing is true regarding our conscience and regarding the secret place we need to get washed over and over somebody said to me one time i did that once i prayed the sinner's prayer i asked I, jesus forgave me i have the blood of jesus on my life and i'm good to go and i'm like well if that's good enough for you if once in your lifetime was good enough for you god bless you sis but i'm like i get defiled in this world Every day I get defiled because I live in this fallen world. And the sprinkling of blood is a provision in the heart of God that we can get refreshed and renewed. Our confidence is bolstered and strengthened, and we come into the bosom of the Father. It's me again. I'm back. And we come into the secret place, joining our hearts to the Father because of the authority of the blood of Jesus upon our lives. Amen. You keep on pulling my chain with your questions. I love it because this is the womb of the morning. Amen. Wow. The secret place. Wow. Amen. Bob, I just want to, I want to read one more part of your book in closing. We're, we're coming to the end of this, this episode, but I, I want to read something that you wrote in your chapter, the secret of feeling attractive to God. And it just tags along with what you were just saying, but you said, when you know that you are attractive to God, you will come into his presence with boldness. You will come into his presence the way he wants you to with a lifted face, with expectant eyes and with a delighted smile, with an eager voice and a burning heart. And I would love for you to just pray over our listeners in closing um, of just in, in their pursuit of finding more intimacy with the father that they, that we would all come to the Lord in a new heart posture of expectancy and hope and knowing who we are and knowing that we're covered in the blood of Jesus and shame being silenced and all of these things so that we can pursue Jesus and find him in new ways. I'd love to do that. And if I can just throw in a comment about identity, because uh, Brittany, we're in a generation where people are so focused on themselves, who I am, and, and we, we become kind of, even in this secret place, a little bit obsessed on ourselves. The secret place is not a place for you to look at your navel and just find your identity. It's a place for you to look at Jesus and see him. In Revelation chapter 1, when Jesus comes to John, it's striking to me what he doesn't say to John. He comes to John in this fiery, personal 
encounter. And here's what he doesn't say to John. He doesn't say, John, you are awesome. You are a world changer. I'm going to use your prison to touch the ends of the earth. Do you realize who you are? I have come to tell you, you are incredible. He doesn't say anything about who John is. All he has to say is, I am am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And our identity is not in finding out who we are. It's in finding out who he is. And when you see him, you will know who you are. Because you can only know who you are when you're looking at the face of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I'm asking that you would help our listeners to and establish fresh priorities in their lives to make this sacred place a place of, again, uh, a resolve in our hearts. I'm going to sow to the secret place every day. I'm asking Lord Jesus, would you give fresh grace, fresh momentum for our secret place relationship with you that we might uncover and learn our God language, that we might learn how you speak to us, that we might hear your voice addict us to the words of your mouth. Give us the kisses of your mouth, we pray, the rhema words of your mouth that bring us to life. May there be fresh momentum, fresh energy, fresh life, fresh delight in the sacred place for every person, I pray in Jesus' name. Uh, Brittany, do we have time for one more verse? Yes, we do. Okay, Proverbs 26, verse 20 says this, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And when you stop to put wood, when you stop putting wood on a campfire, that campfire goes out. And the same is true for us. If our hearts are going to be a living flame in the presence of God, we have to keep putting wood on the altar of our hearts. And we do that in the secret place. In the secret place, we are putting the wood of the war of the word on the altar of our hearts. That's where the fire happens when we go after the wood of the word every day. And so I just want to make I want to speak a charge now to every listener. Go get wood every day. Go collect wood and put some fresh logos on the altar of your heart that you might be a living firebrand that burns with love for the face of Jesus Christ. May you be a shining light in your generation, the light of the world, because you have learned the secret of the ages. Shut your door and get in the secret place with your father. God bless you. Thank you so much, Bob. 
That was so incredible. We could talk to you for hours. This was so edifying and inspiring. And we always just want to close with how can our listeners follow along with your ministry and what God's doing in your life and just stay up to date on the journey that you're on? I'd love to answer that. If our listeners go to my blog page, bobsorky.com, you can actually sign up for my email list and you'll get a free ebook for free. One of my books that actually talks about the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. You'll get that book for free and you'll get on my email list so that we can stay connected. A great way to stay connected besides my books, of course, you can go to Amazon or you can go to my store, which is oasishouse.com and you can check out all my books. But in addition to all my writings, uh, check out my YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and hit Bob's Free channel, you're going to find a bunch of films there that actually my son has crafted a channel for me and he's done a bunch of films for me okay Brittany, i'm going to ask you a question have you ever seen my baseball film i have not seen your baseball film you have to go to my youtube channel and <laughs> see my baseball film so everybody has to do that right now because i'm telling you i'm telling you you're gonna love it so check i've got a bunch of sermons teachings short films check out my youtube channel and we're going to be continuing to put content on there right now we're uploading a nine-part series on the cross of jesus and so we're putting a new content every two weeks a new film on that so uh, yeah, stay connected on YouTube, stay connected through my ratings, through uh, our email list, and I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, you can find me uh, on all those platforms, and I want to stay connected with you because uh, now our listeners can't see this because we're on a audio podcast, but I'm actually in video with Mackenzie and Brittany right now, and I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, these sisters have a sparkle in their eyes. They are fun. They are awesome, and I want to stay connected with you because I'm going to spend forever with you. God bless you. Wasn't that incredible? Bob is so phenomenal. He draws people in all over the world into the heart of the Father. He walks in deep intimacy and bold faith. It was such an honor to speak to him today. We hope y'all were blessed and encouraged. Be sure to follow along with what God is doing in his ministry and on his YouTube channel. He is incredible. And make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of Rising Radiant. And we'll see you next time. Love y'all.